0: In this episode of Great Practices, I'm talking with Janet Thomas, Vice President of Human Resources at Mueller Water Products, about what makes for a great employee experience. Listen in as we discuss the effect rampant turnover has on managers and teams, understanding regrettable versus non-regrettable turnover, and some questions to ask during a stay interview to make sure you are retaining top talent. Plus, find out how to use the skill or will test to troubleshoot issues with employees who may have previously been top performers.
1: It's hard to say when something is a best practice, but it's much easier to know when something is a great practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. Interviews with PMO and project management leaders who, through years of trial and error, have discovered their own great practices and are now sharing their insights with you. Now, sit back and enjoy the conversation as Chris Kopp uncovers another great practice in this episode.
0: Well, we'd like to welcome you to this episode of Great Practices. And it's been said that employees don't leave companies, but they leave managers. And there was a seminal study from Gallup in 2015 that definitely backs this up. They said that 75% of people quit their job to get away from their manager at some point in their career. Now, that sounds reasonable, falls into the category of enough people have said it enough times, so it must be true. The flip side is other studies claim that this is not true and that people will stay with a bad manager if they feel that there's good leadership in the company. And then we've also all been experiencing the great resignation, the great reset, the great realization, whatever it is that you want to call it. But the bottom line is this. People leave companies. It happens. But it's our job as PMO leaders to make sure that top talent stays and that they have a great employee experience. So we always talk about customer experience. You know, that's always something that's like, oh, we want to make sure everyone has a great customer experience. But what about a great employee experience? Because that really will result in a great customer experience. So that's what we're going to be talking with Janet Thomas, who's the VP of Human Resources of Mueller Water Water Products today about, is how to deal with this massive shift in talent and what we can do about it as a PMO leader in order to make sure that there is a great employee experience. So Janet, we'd like to welcome you and we're glad that you're on Great Practices today.
1: Thank you, Chris. I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to the conversation.
0: So we're going to start off with just uh, you telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do, a little bit about your background.
1: Well, I have always said that uh, I'm in the business of people, so very relevant conversation for us today. I am enormously grateful to have fallen into human resources at the beginning of my career, really by accident, honestly, and just uh, hit my stride and took it from there. Um I've I've worked in manufacturing manufacturing plants HR manager there I've worked in some labor relations roles I've worked on the talent side talent space which is succession planning talent acquisition leadership development and now find myself with Mueller Water Products and we are um, an infrastructure manufacturing company foundry company your your base and your core water piping valves that type of uh, um, that type of product to support okay. water flow sustainability quality. Um,
0: globally. Got it. So you have definitely been around people and human resources throughout your career. It sounds like that's really been your sweet spot Absolutely. For, for many years now, which is great. It's good. Now, one of the first questions we ask every guest is what's your definition of a PMO? Because everybody may have a little bit of a different perspective. So what are your thoughts on what a PMO is?
1: So I, you know, I had a, good visibility to a PMO and the impact that it can make. Cause I've seen a PMO come in where it wasn't before and, and, and how it made a difference. And my thought is a, a PMO is somebody who um, who is a neutral expert that can come into any process or project that needs to happen and, and just make sure that it stays on track, on time, on budget and, and is moving in the right direction. They, they are a critical piece to the success of of any big project that needs to happen, and to flip that, I've seen projects without a dedicated PMO, and and I've yep. seen firsthand where you have too many leaders that are that are trying to make things happen, and and things can fall 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 apart at the scene. So I think, and have experience that they are a very critical resource for for successful project execution in business.
0: And I love that. That those two words you use a neutral expert. You know, it's like not taking sides. There's not necessarily an agenda. The only agenda is let's get this thing done, right. right? Whatever that is. So I love that. That's that's great. So let's shift gears into the topic for today, um, because we know right now that the market is challenging to keep people. Um, based on your experience, what are some of the main reasons that you think? people are leaving companies what's happening
1: um there's a lot of different layers to this i think i think we all know that there are just a lot more choices out there um coming through what we've been through people are making different decisions about how they want their work-life balance about um what their critical needs are i think it's i think it's different in different generations i also think there's a lot of different ways to to earn a living right now and 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 we just can't assume that 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 everybody is going to stay the course and kind of stay what they're doing from a career perspective. And so it becomes even more, um, even more vital to make sure that we are tapping into the right talent that are in the right lane, um, um, to, so that they can be most successful based on what their passion is and what they're doing. But I think I veered away from your question. I think it is more and more competitive right now to find, to find the skill and find the people, um, from a recruiting standpoint, anybody is is open to being lured away to a different to a different company.
0: Yeah, well, I think you said it. Right? I mean, it's choices. People have choices right now. It's the yeah. it's the sub- supply demand you know curve that's going on right now. So, um, you know, if those choices are out there, people are going to take advantage of them for sure. What effect um, does this exodus have on managers? Let's let's start there. What have you seen that uh, that this is causing for managers?
1: It is incredibly difficult to um, to backfill and onboard and continuously bring new people into into any manager's organization. Um, It can impact morale within the team if you have too many people leaving. Um, It's it's a struggle to move forward again if all you're doing is onboarding and retraining and onboarding and retraining. And, you know, managers can take it personally, too. Um, if, if, they're, if, if they're of the right mindset that, that employees are choosing to leave rather than come forward and say, hey, I have this opportunity, but I, I love working for you and I love this company. I want to stay. What can we do? And I think that's a critical piece that's, that's missing is building that bridge so that, um, so, that, so that employees feel that before they make that kind of decision, they're, they're still going to see if they have the same opportunity with the company that they're with.
0: You know, and that is interesting, because managers can take it personally, you know, yep. it's like, you know, it's a professional environment, you know, people are making the choices for their career and that type of deal. But it's just like, when somebody does come to you that you've enjoyed working with, and they say they're leaving, it, it kind of hurts, doesn't it, you know, and so you're right, that that can definitely, can definitely, can definitely get to to taking it personally.
1: It does, because there can be this feeling of betrayal, because somebody doesn't get a job overnight. Yep. So that means that for maybe two months, this has all been going on, and and you didn't know it, and so there's that whole trust question, and, and just yeah, it's it's an emotional it's an emotional process, assuming that it is what we call now regrettable turnover versus non-regrettable turnover.
0: Explain that to me. What's the difference there?
1: It's a new metric that we follow. Regrettable turnover meaning we lost somebody that was a great talent to the organization. Okay. Um, non-regrettable ter- turnover means. You know, it's, it was probably a good switch in the position. It's a good opportunity for us to change or upgrade the talent. We're okay with this.
0: Okay. So it's that a makes...
1: subjective measure, but it's an important one.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. Regrettable versus non-regrettable, right? You don't want to lose that top talent. What, what have you seen? Um, what impact has this had like on people that have stayed behind, right? It's like you've got these people that are leaving and you got the people that stay behind. Does that kind of get in their head a little bit too with all, seeing all these other people leave?
1: I, I think so. Not only that, but the people that stay behind are the ones that are keeping the boat afloat. And so yeah. it could mean extra effort. It could mean extra time. It could mean, you know, again, repeating over and over again and feeling like they're not making progress from a, from a mental standpoint. And um, a manager loses the opportunity to pay the right attention to those people that are staying behind, again, because it's such a hamster wheel. And I might, I might still be here, I might be staying behind, so to speak. But it doesn't mean that I don't want more challenges and to move forward and to do things different. But we're so we're so busy just kind of remaining where we are and bringing new people on that it could lead to my um, my discouragement.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like there's a potential for a lot of mental anguish here, you know, Mm -hmm. on on both levels, right on the manager level. um, You know, you've got that betrayal and that feeling like, oh, you know, I'm losing another good person. And then on that individual level of you know, why am I not taking advantage of all these opportunities that are out mm-hmm. there? So that's a lot of stuff that's going on. So what is human resources going to do to fix this? You're VP of HR. So what are you going to do to fix this, Janet? What's what's the answer here?
1: Well, what Inf- human resources can do is support a process to, to educate managers and empower managers to understand their vital role in maintaining their team. This, you know, in, as you as you open the session, Chris, and you said um, many times, employees stay or leave managers. This is this is just what an incredible opportunity a manager has to be able to impact this, and human resources can support that by reminding managers um, how to recognize, how to reward, how to so that you have that personal connection, how to make sure that that employee is feeling so connected and engaged that they wouldn't consider leaving because this feels like a good place to be due to how, due to how they're managed. So really it's not human resources job to fix it. It's human resources job, in my opinion, to really support and empower managers to know how to take control of this.
0: Got it. So it is, it is ultimately the manager's responsibility, but it sounds like human resources can give them the tools that they need, right. In order to, allow them to have those conversations and keep that. The
1: manager's responsibility and opportunity. I just always keep putting that word in there because you want to kind of inspire managers to say, you're right. This is, I I can do this. I can control this. This is my opportunity.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a good way to, that's a great way to look at it. So let's say that I am an okay manager. I do an okay job. Um, What, what would my view as far as the responsibility of human resources when it comes to hiring and keeping people, what, what does, what does my world look like if I'm just an okay manager about that?
1: Um, if I'm just an okay manager, then I'm not prioritizing the talent on my team. If I'm just an okay manager, then I'm not insisting that I participate in the interview process. I'm not insisting that I be the one to reach out to candidates because that one-on-one uh, outreach from a manager versus from a recruiter or from HR can just set you off on the right track from the beginning. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm an okay manager, I'm just, I'm just willing to kind of look at the experience and not pay attention to the fit on the team. I'm, I'm just willing to plug as quickly as I can because there's an opening. I think that's a definition of an okay manager whose team will never likely not success. excel. Oh. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh- and, and, and um, yeah, basically, they're just saying, hey, I need this person and I'm going to abdicate that responsibility to somebody else. And then they just have them show up and they, they're part of the team. But that is just not that is not the path to success by any by any stretch. How would you say then contrast that with a great manager? How would a great manager think differently about that whole process right there? What would that look like for them?
1: I would go all the way to the beginning that a that a great manager Prioritizes their connection with the team, and uh, from the very, very beginning. Again, I go, I go back to even how you hire. It's, it's prioritizing um, the outreach, finding the talent, saying I want you on my team, building that connection, and then, and then insisting, um, insisting that, that the great manager is prioritizing how that person will fit on their team, how they're, uh, they will be a culture fit as well as having the skill coming in. Um, and we'll make sure that the priority is on one-on-one touch bases, making sure the connection is there, following up, following through, finding out where that employee is on their learning curve and making sure they're not micromanaging versus releasing for more um, responsibility when the time is right. And just you know, being, being a student of management and leadership and meeting their employees where they are.
0: Right. You've mentioned it a couple of times. It sounds like a huge part of this is making sure that they fit with the team, right? I mean, that connection with the team and that culture with the team. What are some, what are some of the ways people can, can do that? How can you find out if that person is going to be a fit with the team?
1: Well, I hope it's okay for me to say this, but actually, one of my um, leadership lessons was when I did not pay attention to the culture fit, I got yeah. dazzled by the talent, by the skill. And I didn't pay attention to the team. And it was enormously destructive, which is why this is really a hot spot for me. And I think you involve your team in the interview process. If you're really getting to the candidate that you want to bring on board, then, you know, ask your team if they want to jump in. They can do it as a, you know, three or four people together. And it doesn't have to be an interview. It can be a conversation. Yeah. And guide the team on what kind of questions to ask. Like, you know, hey, Sally, looks like you've got some great experience. It'd be fun to have you on the team. What's, you know, what's the best thing you've ever done that you're most proud of? and make it more of a conversation rather than an interview and then get their feedback. And yeah. then your team is feeling empowered to be a part of this process too.
0: And I think we've all experienced having the wrong person thinking, right. You're, you're hiring for talent, right? It's like, Oh my goodness, this person is, they know exactly. And they can lead us in this new direction. And they're the, the silver bullet of what we're going to need, but they just don't gel. And it is, it is disastrous. I think that is absolutely right. And then it's so hard to make a switch once, once they're on board. To recover.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So we found the right person. They've got the right skills. They've got the right talent. We've, we've been able to vet them out with the team. We feel good about them. We've been involved alongside with them through the whole interview process. Now let's talk about their onboard and you're a firm believer in a good, a great employee experience. So what is all involved when it comes to uh, uh, an employee experience? What does that look like?
1: It's an interesting question because you went kind of from onboarding to employee experience. I, th- I think you never, have the, you never have the chance to redo a first day. You never have the chance to redo a first week. So if I made this incredible decision to join your team or join your company, and I come on the first day and nothing is prepared for me, and I don't have any direction, and I'm sitting idle, and uh, you know I could disconnect immediately. I could think, well, I made this big decision and then nobody's nobody's here to embrace me. And this isn't, this isn't difficult, you know, to, to make sure that an employee feels welcome. So I guess if you do the counter to that and imagine an employee coming in, you're ready to spend the time with them. You have other people set up to welcome them and it's a tremendous integration into the company. You, you've started to build that bridge immediately within the first 24 hours. And so I think it's, it's, it's both, it's an emotional connection as well as the just the the tactical the everyday i i have all the tools that i need to be able to do my job from from day one um, you put both of those together and you're you're really receiving a new employee well
0: and that that is huge cuz you're exactly right what is it you you've got one shot to make a first impression and that first impression is going to be a lasting impression we know that happens on a personal level mm-hmm. like oh that person you know that person's a jerk or that person's great whatever right Um, But it's the same thing. If we just literally, it's like, yeah, just do desks over there and, you know, go figure it out and versus just embracing them and welcoming them, having signage and gift bags and all that kind of stuff, all the stuff that, you know, you really don't think that often about necessarily, but it makes a huge difference. Uh, and I've seen people's eyes light up when they see they see their name in lights. You know, it's like whether it's right. like maybe a big monitor or something like that, and they just see their name. You know, they're so excited, and they take pictures of it, and they're standing beside it and all that kind of stuff. It's a big deal. So, so that's a that's a real good way to get everybody off on the right foot. Now, let's say that uh, this employee has you know gone through the interview process. We've we've embraced them with open arms. They've been there for a while, and they are great. Um, how how do we find out? if these people are happy. You, you're talking about something like a stay interview. Some It's like a new term that I've been hearing a little bit about recently. Can you talk about what that stay interview is about?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because for a long time, it was all about the exit interview, but the exit yeah. interview is a little too late, right? Yeah. And secondly, it's it's hard to get that feedback. A, a stay interview means getting into a certain cadence um, of sitting down with your employee and this might be quarterly um, it, it, instead of waiting for the big performance review sitting down and just conversing about um, where's your level of satisfaction with with your job um, what can I do as a manager to support you further um, how are you feeling in terms of engaged to the team you can even be outright to say um, you know I'm sure you get some some outreach from recruiters is it anything you ever think about if so can we have a conversation about that there's There's never anything wrong with putting it all out on the table. And to the employee, imagine how they receive that. They're like, wow, um, you know, Ted must really value me and want me on the team to have this discussion. And again, it just builds that trust, which, which is invaluable.
0: How honest do you think people will be in responses to a state interview? Do you find that they're pretty, pretty forthright or are they guarded perhaps?
1: Um, I think it all depends on the foundation of the relationship, right? If there's, if there's trust already there. And so, so you're right, maybe, um, depending on how new the employee is, if you're just building, you don't go as far as to say, you know, have you, have you received outreaches? You focus more on what can I do more for you, um, you know, to continue your, your connection and you're so important to the organization. What, what would, what would make you bulletproof so that, so that you'll stay here. So you kind of turn it more to the positive and say J- just that, what, what would make you bulletproof to any, to anybody reaching out to you so that, um, you know, you remain an important member of my team.
0: You know, and I think we started out the conversation with the fact that you've got to have that trust, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, and, and, and again, when somebody leaves you do feel like that trust has been betrayed and you get all the nuances and you understand why that is. But if you do have a good professional trustworthy working relationship with, an employee, they will keep you up to date. Right. And they will keep you informed and they will give you a heads up. Um, But like you're saying, that just takes time. Mm -hmm. They got to know that you've got their back and, and that they do have that, that high level of trust. Now, circumstances change, people get better, people get worse. Let's talk about maybe somebody that's not performing like they used to. how, How do you handle those situations with as a manager with people that want to stay, but maybe their performance has deteriorated? What's the what's the best way to work through that?
1: So one of the simple questions that I've always asked when a manager comes for counseling to say, listen, um, John's just just he used to be a superstar and all of a sudden, you know, he's not performing anymore, is quite simply to say, is this a skill or is this a will question so. Meaning if it's a skill question, has John gotten into something that he's not comfortable with? Do we need to train him? That's kind of the easiest answer. If it's a will question, um, meaning motivation, then something has changed. Um, uh, Are they, is, is he no longer challenged by what he's doing? You know, does he need to move to something different? Has it finally got to the point where we realize this just isn't where John belongs? He should be in a different lane. I mean, all of those types of questions there might be things that are happening on John's personal side too, which is a different kind of conversation. But but from a will standpoint, if that starts to change, it either means he or she is losing their confidence or just learning their um, their motivation because they've done it before and they're ready to move on to something different. So kind of getting through that conversation initially and figuring out which route to take um, helps to get to the bottom of it.
0: That's a great place to start. I mean, as good of a place as any, you know, skill mm-hmm. or will, right? Can they do it? And do they, you know, do they want to do it as effectively? And then, and right. then you can troubleshoot from there. Um, there is a great book that I read. It's called Traction. It's by um, Gino Wickman. And he talks about, um, you know, employees and how to kind of, you just got to, you've got to objectively gauge, you know, people, right? In some of these things. And he has really three criteria. Do they get it? Do they want it? And are they capable of doing it
1: you know and you mm-hmm. can just kind
0: of put a plus or a minus mm-hmm. b- between each of those and you know if you if you get somebody that doesn't get it they don't want it and they're not capable of doing it you got the wrong person there and like what you were talking about earlier that was what the non-regrettable uh exit right was that the right. or non, non-regrettable turnover right? right you know but if you get somebody that you know maybe t- they've got two of the three and you just need to tweak one of those with maybe a little more training or whatever, that's a great way to keep them keep them on board. Well, is there anything else, Janet, you would like to add about making sure that a manager is providing a great employee experience?
1: I think understanding that a manager's responsibility is both listening and providing support and providing direction. And so those think of those as, as three different pillars. And every one of your employees is going to have different volume of need in each one of those. So it could be that if you have somebody that's excelling, you're spending more time listening, maybe a little bit of time supporting, but you're not doing any directing. If you have somebody that's brand new to the organization, then it's going to tilt to the other side. That employee needs more direction, um, more coaching, and probably less time listening. And so if you think of those three things and and just make sure that you are providing the right um, recipe or formula and be thoughtful and intentional, um, then you're going to start to build that that trusted relationship, which in turn uh, creates a great employee experience.
0: Okay. Listening, supporting, directing. And what you're saying is directing early on in the relationship, you're going to in employment with the company. You're going to spend more time there, maybe less time listening. But then, as their tenure right. g- grows, it switches right to to listening being more right. So you're going to be listening to their ideas and listening to their challenges, that type of thing. That's really good. And then right support, the I would just yeah. assume you're always you're always yeah. going to want to support people, right? Exactly, right in the middle. But that that shift um, between what's important, really based upon how long with the company, it's really good. Well, Janet, we want to thank you for joining us uh, today on, on Great Practices. This has been a very good conversation and just really good insight into, you know, what can we do to make the make the employee experience better? And just being mindful of that as being a great manager. Now, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you if they want to discuss any of these ideas further or talk about any of these things?
1: Sure. Absolutely. Probably just a quick email to um, Thomas at... Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-W-P.com.
0: Okay, excellent.
1: And maybe put, a, maybe put a, um, something about this interview in the subject line that would, uh, that would draw my eyes for sure. But I'd, okay. I'd be happy to discuss it further. And I really appreciate the opportunity, Chris. Thank you.
0: Yeah, great, great having you on. And I, and I assume that you, they can find you on LinkedIn as well.
1: Sure, absolutely, yes.
0: All right, well, we appreciate uh, your time today and we look forward
1: to talking to you soon. Thanks so much.
0: Well, that was another great conversation on great practices today and we want to thank Janet for being with us and sharing her insight so what are some of these great practices that came out of today's show well first of all people are leaving companies because there's choices that can be made so there's employment opportunities and the reality is is people are gonna make that choice to go elsewhere right now because they can so if those choices are there uh, we know certainly some will take advantage of that now this has effects on managers this has effects on employees that are remaining behind, and uh, I asked her kind of a trick question about, well, what is human resources going to do to fix this problem? And uh, she pushed back a little bit. It's not, it's not HR's uh, responsibility to fix this problem, but they can encourage managers to support and grow their teams, Uh, provide them with the tools necessary to recognize, reward, uh, show how to make that personal connection, keep employees that are engaged so that they won't consider leaving. So I thought that was kind of interesting as far as uh, her take on, is it really HR's responsibility? But no, she's more of an enabler uh, to managers in order to keep good people on board. And I like that differentiation that she put in there as far as what's the difference between an okay project management PMO leader versus a great PMO leader. Uh, maybe an okay PMO leader, they're not quite as involved in prioritizing talent. Talent may be not be at the top of their list, may not be involved in the interviews, uh, may not be talking to these candidates directly directly. Uh, It could be that it's many times just like, hey, I need to get this type of person with this skill set and then they let HR or the recruiting side of things take care of that and they just show up and there's a person there ready to work versus a great PMO leader who will prioritize that connection with the team from the beginning. They're going to work very closely in vetting out these prospects, making sure that they're building the connection, making sure that they have the follow up. Uh, and follow through with these people, making sure that they interact with the team in a positive way. Because you could have all the skills in the world, but if you can't get along with the team, you've got a big problem that's going to be on your hands. That's many times hard to solve. And I like the idea, it's, I guess it's relatively new. I've heard it within the past six to eight months now about a stay interview. You know, we always talk about, well, it's it's an exit interview once somebody's left the company. Um, but at that point in time, it's really too late, isn't it? But a stay interview really focuses on what what is it going to take to make sure that you want to stay with a company? What's your level of satisfaction with the job? What can I do as a manager to support you further? Do you feel as if you're engaged with the team? And depending upon your relationship with that employee, it could be that, look, I know you're going to get opportunities and you're going to get recruiters are going to uh, reach out to you, but just keeping that dialogue of that stay interview to make sure that they're happy. Because remember what she talked about, there was that regrettable versus non-regrettable turnover. So we don't want to uh, lose good employees uh, when there's something that certainly we could do by uh, having that stay interview and focusing on what would it take to make them not leave the company. And even when we come upon problem situations, uh, I liked her example or the term that she used, is it a skill problem or is it a will problem? Because those are two very different things. You know, skill, you can teach a skill, but will really comes down to motivation. Maybe they're losing confidence in what they're doing. Maybe they don't have the, maybe their circumstances change. They just don't have the motivation to do the type of job that they were doing before. So that's a great starting point in identifying where you can begin to help an employee that may have been performing very well previously, uh, and now they run into a little bit of problem. Is it a skill or is it a will issue? And finally, those three uh really three jobs of a manager to do is to listen, provide support, and provide direction. If it's a new person, they're going to have more direction, more support, and maybe a little bit less listening. If it's an experienced person, you're going to have more listening. There's going to be more intake of what are your ideas and what are you seeing and what's your insights, and then less direction and you know really support as needed. So I thought that was kind of a good uh, you know, kind of a good gradient based upon if they were new or if they had been experienced upon what you're going to provide from a listening, support, and direction perspective. So, again, we'd like to thank Janet for being on today. Just really walked away with some great practices uh, that we can implement in our PMOs. Do you have a great practice that you'd like to share? Well, we encourage you to go to the PMOleader.com, click on content, great practices podcast. And there's a form at the bottom of the screen. Go ahead and fill out that form, and someone will get in touch with you shortly. Also, be sure to not miss an episode by subscribing to Great great Practices on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, And if you like what you hear, we've had some great guests. We've got many more great guests coming in the future. Be sure to share this with your manager, colleagues, and any others that you think would benefit. So thanks again for listening to this episode and keep putting great practices into practice.